0: But there is one episode from Young G's No Prepare My Alcohol Diary that we very adamantly don't like, Dislike. which is going to be like one of the most controversial opinions out there. And if you mm-hmm. do want to hear our controversial opinions one day and we feel up to it, we might just do it. <laughs> This is MIA2K Podcast, and we are your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We are your pilots, Kathy and Laura, two fun-seeking girls with obsessive fandom tendencies taking you on a ride through the Hallyu wave from our perspective as opinionated, grown, Latina fans from Miami. Before we close the
1: cabin doors, make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you like to watch, our InFi podcast video is available on YouTube and Spotify.
0: Once we reach our cruising altitude, we'll be serving one thing and one thing only. Piping hot tea. We're ready to fly into today's topic with our hot and sunny takes.
1: So fasten your seatbelts, sit back, relax, and prepare for takeoff.
0: Hi guys! Hey hey! Today we're going to be covering a topic that brings together our favorite things, which are Korean culture and K-pop. So what are we covering, you ask? We're going to cover... Korean variety shows. And every time I say cover, take a shot because why not? (laughs) I wish you well. (laughs) So without further ado, let's jump into the world of Korean variety shows. So before we begin really going in and going ham,
1: what exactly are (laughs) what exactly are Korean variety shows?
0: Sorry for anybody not watching. I was doing interpretive (laughs) dance or whatever Laura was saying and she cracked my my bad. I was I was trying to be entertaining because haha variety shows. Hey. It was beautiful. <laughs> Made me tear up and everything.
1: <laughs> so, Korean variety shows I think are a little bit different of what we're kind of used to. Oh yeah. Basically over there anything goes. They are composed of quizzes, skits, performances, games, stunts, literally anything and everything you can think of. There's probably a variety show for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're a huge part of Korean television. yeah. And so basically, they've kind of like evolved with Korean society. So there's people that have done a lot of studies, and it has shown like the shift in Korean culture and like what they deem important in that specific time right so at the very beginning they were just basically talent shows because that was all they were allowed to be Um, in the 90s and 2000s they were talk shows like more serious more like going into your deep feelings and talking about it and then towards the early 2010s it became a mixture of everything like like what we know right now and what we see they're more fun-based more entertaining more lighthearted. they're also very much used as promotional marketing for k-pop comebacks yeah like right now every time i hear that there's a group doing a comeback i expect that they will go in at least a couple of shows and i look forward to them so
0: agreed yeah i think for us as kind of the newer generation of k-poppies from 2020 forward variety shows really kind of help you feel like you're getting to know the idol a little bit more Mm -hmm. it feels like you're getting to know their genuine selves quote-unquote but it's just a like a different fun way to kind of get a meme or or just like see something new happening and something that's specific to this era like there's always something that will be associated with whatever the comeback is. And it tends to happen during variety shows, aside from whatever happens on the stage. So it's definitely become part of our daily enjoyment, for sure. It keeps the idols in the minds of the audiences Correct.
1: all the time. Correct. And so you can't forget about them because, hey, No Se quiéncito is not doing this show, and No yeah. Se Quincito is doing this show. And like, it's, you can't forget it. you, you can't get away from it either. So Yeah, agreed. Even like for koreans um even those that aren't into k-pop will get k-pop idols shoved down their throat through variety shows yep which i mean that sounds like a fun time (laughs) so basically we're just gonna start talking about old variety shows or what we would consider old school variety shows and um Basically, what that is, is just the typical variety shows that are on cable or network TV. Mm -hmm. They usually have a running time of 80 to 95 minutes. And they're what I guess normal TV is in the sense that they are seasons and they are like set times when they come out in different networks. Mm -hmm. So some of the examples that we as K-poppies are pretty aware of are Running Man which aired or first aired in 2010. It airs weekly on Sundays. And originally it was like an urban action variety, sort of like amazing race, but it has since shifted to like a series of games.
0: Another really notable variety show that is super big still, even though it's been around for at this point, almost 10 years is Knowing Bros., it's also known by a couple of other names, but that's the main one that they go by. It first aired in 2015. It airs weekly on Saturdays, and the concept is that the hosts are high school students, mind you. A lot of these hosts are in their 40s at this point, so it's hilarious, and it shows. Like it's not like you know the people that are 40 and it doesn't show for them. It shows, except for maybe like Hecho, but still, we know he's 40. So they're high school students, and then the guests are transfer students who come to introduce themselves. And show their talents. There are many segments that they kind of switch around with the show with every episode, but their permanent ones are called Entrance Application and Guess About Me. One fun note about Guess About Me, I've seen that segment so many times. And every time Mm. I'm mind blown because the hosts have to guess something about the transfer student, but the transfer student gives them like nothing to go on. So they start guessing random shit. And then the person that is like the the transfer student the idol that is being interviewed is like close but not quite right and then we get to the final answer and it wasn't close at all to what like the people the host were saying (laughs) it's so funny to me there's been like one time that it was guessed correctly and the rest of the time because like again I have nothing to go on it's like (laughs) literally me showing up to Sao Gigante and being like I don't know don Francisco you know guess something about me and this man has never seen me a day in his life and he just has to start guessing things and but, he he can't but that's the whole like I guess comedy aspect of it like sure. these people
1: or like the the host have like a really like they have chispa so they can come up with these ludicrous stories on the spot that make absolutely no sense but you're like Okay, that's kind of funny.
0: Right, no, okay. I agree with that. But what's the, that's not what's funny to me. What's funny is the person saying, close, close, close. but you were nowhere near in the same country <laughs> as this other person. That's what's funny to me. So that's just Korean culture and being polite and all of that. But it's just, it never like fails to make me laugh. And
1: actually, before we move on, um, Knowing Bros and Running Man, their host, for the most part, tend to not be conventionally attractive people. And I was reading like a little article that says that the reason why that works is because it allows them to make fun of themselves and to act silly without having to worry about their image, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like
0: fucked up. But also, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Seeing that idols anytime like they want to do something human they like remind themselves like, "Hey, remember you're an idol." So I, I, I guess like in Korea, if you're not good looking, you can get away with doing human things because that's just how the world goes over there. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Another one that became really popular during the pandemic and actually started and I don't want to call it died because it could like come back, but right. ended ended for now. Um, for now is six six cents, and it's basically. Two truths and one lie uh one lie. And then the teams or the the participants have to guess the lie by using their like sixth sense. Yeah. It gets a little bit more complicated, like all Korean variety shows do, but that's kind of like the gist of it.
0: I really enjoyed a couple of episodes of that show because of Jesse, which I'm guessing it's like why it ended because she was such a big part of it and Jessuk and miju and everybody who was involved in it i think they're really strong personalities which is why the show works so well mm-hmm. but i mean yeah jesse was like done with entertainment so that might be why like it ended for a little bit But hopefully Probably. it comes back at some point hopefully after six Sense, i have to talk about new journey to the west so uh, for me like not being a korean person being obsessed with the show is so funny because like i didn't even know this existed maybe like a year and <laughs> a half ago and now i'm like I worship the ground that Nappy PD walks on. So Nappy <laughs> PD is this producer dude who is just so, so good. He's like really enjoyable and he, unlike other, like he's not, his name or his title is producer, but unlike what you would imagine a producer to be behind the camera, he's actually in front of the camera the entire time because right. he also MCs, but he's not billed as an MC. So he's just very like, you know, dressed like a producer. Like there's no frills about him. And the biggest thing that he does is whenever they have like a question and answer thing, if you don't answer the question correctly within three seconds, he says, dang, but like with this violence and aggression and this satisfaction that comes from within, where he's so excited that you're wrong, because that means that he gets to keep more money for more shows. So anyway, obsessed with him. And I watch literally all the content that he does. So New Journey to the West is a show that he, from the beginning, started producing. He's the chief uh, producer of that show. It first aired in 2015. There's been eight seasons so far. There's this whole lore about how each cast member is dressed as a certain character and kind of acts like them. And then they travel on a mission to find mystical Dragon Balls they must complete a task in order to receive dragon balls and if they do they get their wishes that they asked for at the beginning of the show so like if they ask for a year's supply of like korean meat they'll get it if they win the dragon ball right so why am i bringing it up right now because the format of the show is so successful because of just how out of the box their games are like the games that they come up with are pretty impossible for contestants to win, which is what makes the show as riveting as it is. So what they did was they brought the format, like dumbed it down because traveling around the world with like entire groups of idols is not possible. So they made it condensed for like TV and for idol groups. They did it with BTS, like specific uh, episodes for them. And then they started doing like company wide family days with, yg with sm with hybe and those are some of the highest watched variety show content in the past couple of years just because of how good the format is again not pd i worship the ground that man walks on and i really like that all those episodes are like cured my depression i swear it's it's amazing they are really really good
1: another one that is very very popular in um korea is amazing saturday it has other names but i think most people internationally know it as amazing saturday right it first aired in 2018 it goes on weekly on saturdays
0: (laughs) what a concept amazing saturday on a saturday wow wow the creativity i'm mind blown the The whole premise
1: is a market from a city is chosen for each episode and the price is food from that market. Teams play games, usually music based, like guess the lyrics or guess guess the song from like a short snippet to be able to enjoy the foods. And each episode has like themed or costume themes. Yeah. And the hosts range from mukbangers to idols to like actors and rappers it's like a whole bunch of people together
0: and then my perfect amazing bias from shiny key is on the show like as a permanent staple because he's perfect so
1: and he is very popular
0: he is and he's great because like a lot of uh, one of the challenges they do is like if you can do the choreo of a a song and he knows every girl group choreo that has ever been created in the entire existence of k-pop so he's just freaking amazing people just like watch him and all like how do you know that song that song hasn't even been released and he knows it it's crazy (laughs) after amazing saturday we have to talk about i live alone so i live alone first aired in 2013 it airs weekly on fridays and the whole premise of it is that they show you footage that is supposed to be completely unscripted and real uh from selected rainbow club members and their everyday lives both in and out of their homes the thing is how they sold the show and how they position it on their website is that there are about five million singles in South Korea and about one-third of South Korean entertainers are not in a relationship so this show is meant to exactly yeah that's the T, that's the actual T. this show is meant to show like how single celebrities live and I think it's become like a comfort, reliable, like security blanket for South Koreans in a way, because they're like, if this hot piece of ass that is talented and perfect is eating like rice and kimbap and, uh, you know, kimchi and whatever at 3am by themselves at home, I'm fine. I think that's kind of like where the appeal Mm -hmm. is. And so I've seen a couple of episodes. I've seen like Keys episodes, I've seen Hwasa's episodes, I've seen Jesse's episodes, and I've seen a couple of other people, I think called Cunts also, oh, and Honey J, the dancer, which is really funny, because I'm like, after I live alone, and I'm so single, and look at me, pregnant af, gets married out of nowhere, <laughs> love that for her, love that for her, my sister in Christ, and yeah, the, the show is just really funny, because again, it's just like another way for them to pedal this delusion that these all these people are single and like don't live with anyone and the other funny part of it is jesse was on an interview show recently i think it was it was on BAMS south that she said yeah, it. yeah it was and he was like oh do you talk to yourself when you're home alone and she's like no bitch i did it for the camera do you think <laughs> i'm gonna be here? like oh what should i eat now what am i gonna wear so like that's why i was like putting in quotation marks at the beginning like the whole unscripted thing because obviously people play it up for the camera Oh, right. recently also I saw Jihyo's episode, which was really, really cute. She's, in, she's insane. I love her. Definitely my bias. But yeah, so that's I Live Alone.
1: I haven't watched like a complete episode, but I have seen like snippets here and there. Yeah. And my favorite visual of the show is Kai in his living room oh. with his hair <laughs> like this, like everywhere, like no like no products to keep it looking nice and nah. silky. it's just like standing up because it is bleach it is bad it <laughs> needs a tratamiento
0: right. and
1: his glasses that look like the end of like the bottom of a bottle yeah. like <laughs> thick ass delicious looking things um and i just that's the image that will forever be in my brain agree i live alone agreed also kai single yeah okay <laughs> yeah sure sure, sure
0: sure
1: (laughs) let's go with that anyway and then finally um another show that has been going on for a very long time is weekly idol it first aired in 2011 it it goes on weekly on wednesdays and each episode features an idol guest where they like play games they have like their own set games Mm -hmm. but each episode is different so they have like a set amount of games that they have to play and then yeah. each episode picks randomly or not randomly I'm guessing depending on the idol guest right some of the games are like random play dance where they have to dance at twice the speed and so it's it's that kind of stuff a show it's it's more most morally mostly <laughs> aimed... <laughs> <a new> one. <laughs> <laughs> aimed at school kids coming out of like yeah their school even though korean students don't come out of their school until
0: this is one of the most like highly produced shows in the sense of like they interview the idols in advance Mm -hmm. and they really use those notes to like run the entire show and also this is one of those shows that is actually really controversial because In the early days, they used to have comedians run it. And like Laura said earlier, they are comedians who are not that good looking and who are kind of savage and they're supposed to poke fun at themselves. But this show in particular, the comedians turned the self-deprecation to the idols. And so fans, which again, Laura saying it's like high school kids or school kids that are like very young and stuff do not like that their idols are being fucked with and being treated poorly or whatever so they ended up switching out the host eventually and now it's hosted by other idols who are much more kind and understand the idol life so they don't poke that type of fun at the idols because they were fucked up like they they would they would call them out on like not being the visual member and things like that so it was really mean-spirited mean thank you mean-spirited yes yeah. so i'm i'm glad about that change in the weekly yeah. idol universe
1: i recently saw an episode uh oh, now i remember why i saw the episode because my kids were on it oh, way course. next door and <laughs> currently the hosts are unquan i'm definitely mispronouncing his name uh from b2b right and Meju. and if you've seen Meju, she's off the rails <laughs> like, she's like you
0: know what came to my head what that only the, the hispanic millennials. <laughs> not nyorka marcos right oh my god <laughs> well the thing is i think jesse's more like nyorka marcos but yeah sure me too also that, in that
1: vein right <laughs> sure. and if you see her in this Like hosting gig. Oh my God. She's the cutest thing. She's so she's (laughs) soft spoken. She is like the epitome of an
0: idol. And I'm like, girl. Trying to kid, they're paying her good to keep her mouth shut. Oh because... my goodness,
1: so much money! Oh she, girl, she, the, in the episode with boy next door, she was wearing short overalls, which are called what? Short? Of, what was it? That you sent me a TikTok one time about like the jeans short overalls, Did and I? you're like, oh my god, this is what the Gen Z are calling these. Well, she's wearing jeans short overalls, or yeah, pigtails, and like a cute
0: little shirt underneath, and I'm like, me too. Girl, get your money. Get your bag. We like her. Get your bag. So now that we talked about some of the old school shows that are not necessarily old school, because all of these, again, came out in the past few years after 2010, but that's what's considered like traditional media almost or traditional variety shows. So then now we're going to talk about idol based variety shows, because it seems like For a number of reasons, the idol companies decided to stop sending some groups to these variety shows because Mm. of the treatment, because of whatever, and instead they decided to produce their own variety shows that were in-house by their trusted staff and put those shows out and they have gained so much popularity and notoriety and they're one of the fan favorites types of content at this point. So some of those idol shows that we have today are Run BTS, To Do, which is from TXT, Wanties, which is from 80s, Gose, or Going 17 from 17, Exo Ladder, and there's a million more shows that I'm not naming just because we'd be here all day. But those are some of the ones that we've enjoyed and that we know a little bit more about. So why do these variety shows work? There's three main reasons, in my opinion, as a variety show connoisseur or like from the idol variety, because I have watched the shit out of these shows, let me tell you. And I I have a story about that, about that later. Go ahead.
1: I would actually add a fourth to your three, Mm.
0: but, but, but I can add it till the end and you'll see what I mean. Sure. So one of the reasons why this works, or the first reason, in my opinion, is that the idols feel safe. So when sense. they're shooting within their company with their staff that they are used to working with and just themselves, and they don't have to play it up for someone else or they don't they don't have to work up the nerves of like, I'm going to show up to this show and I have to be funny and I have to be like as funny as a comedian and I have to bounce back. They're more relaxed and it just, the comedy ensues on its own and it's not like right. as hardly sought out. Like, you know, they're just funny together. They're fun. They're comfortable. So- it just works out, and they're more authentic. yeah, and so us as fans get kind of like a little bit of a even deeper inside view into who they are, and we feel like we know them. So it yes. just kind of grabs us. The second reason why this works is because the members commit, like there's no tomorrow to mm-hmm. be entertaining and to show different sides from who they are on stage. Sometimes they're not even trying to show a side different from the stage, but they just are different people on stage than who they yeah. are in real life. Like for example, J-Hope is one of the best performers to ever live. One of the best to ever do it. On stage, that man can like do amazing, incredible things. As a variety show member, he is as useful as a pea and raspberry. Like he mm-hmm. is just, that's not his strength. So it just shows a completely different side and it's very endearing and it's very funny and it's very cute. 17 are known for like turning up the entertaining factor to the max like I'm sure that the conversations they have after the shows are done is like bro fuck you that was funny but fuck you like don't talk to me for the next three weeks because they will do anything to be entertaining and again they like the companies invest a lot in these shows like the idols are in full hair and makeup. They are fully like dressed to the nines or unless they're doing like a funny episode where they're waking up in the middle of, Mm -hmm. you know, the night or whatever. But for the most part, there's a lot of investment that goes into making sure that this is well manicured and appropriate for the audiences. So, yeah, there's a lot of competitiveness, a lot of strategy, a lot of backstabbing. And it's just there's going to be a lot of entertainment. And then the third reason why I think that these shows work so well is because the editors in South Korea are simply superior. Like I need everyone who works on TV in America to go spend a good six months in South Korea to learn how these people do it. Because the editors, the narrators, whatever, like, it took me a while to get used to Korean TV formatting and editing because, you know, they play the same moment from different angles without you needing to watch it in you know multiple times they add a lot of the narration on the bottom to like make sure that you're feeling what they want you to feel but at the same time you know in these shows the editors kind of become almost like family with the members too like they're very close and so like a lot of the memes and a lot of the lore of like between the fandom and the idols gets used for these shows so Mm -hmm. it just feels like extra real and you know, if 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 the fans call one of the members like a bunny or whatever, the editors can put the member in like a bunny emoji costume situation digitally. And it just it's very endearing and it's just really well done. So I cannot praise South Korean variety show editors enough. Also, from what we hear, these things get done very quickly, like they have very short turnaround times. So even more praise to them for being able to do what they do in such a short amount of time.
1: And that kind of is a really good segue into what I would consider the fourth uh, reason why it works is that the companies are able to completely control the narrative surrounding their idols. So like we were saying earlier about some of the hosts of the more conventional shows being conventionally unattractive and because of that they can act silly because the shows are completely produced and controlled by the company, the idols have a sense of they can just let go because they know that if it's something that the company doesn't want to be shown or they don't want to show, right, it will get edited out. Yeah. So that's also why they're able to be more free and more themselves because yeah. they know that if anything were to happen during the recording, that isn't going to be considered appropriate yeah they'll just edit it out yeah so like my favorite things not really favorite i fucking hate it but also it was kind of funny when i first started watching content is when they're wearing like crop tops or like the shirt untucks and you see like a little bit of skin and then all of a sudden a fucking like emoji pops out of nowhere and it's like
0: okay i guess we're supposed to pretend they don't have belly buttons but whatever right Yeah. The the tapes are safe in the company buildings. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, I was going to talk about how I got into variety content at the beginning. So what happened was Laura, again, we've talked about this at length throughout the four seasons that we've been on this podcast. She was the one that found K-pop, K-dramas, everything. She tried to introduce me and I was very unaware of what was going on. Laura likes to deep dive and like find everything about something and like, whatever i see one thing and i'm entertained and like i'm done Mm -hmm. so at some point she showed me like a design for a shirt that she had made because she likes to design things that's why we have a merch shop now and the shirt that she had designed said run bts in the same design as run dmc and i was like what the fuck is run bts i have been like at this point maybe three months not even into like k-pop and bts just like regular just video content on youtube basically like compilations whatever but i didn't know what run bts was so she's like oh it's this variety show that bts has on v live and i'm like what's v live and she's like oh girl so at that point i (laughs) I downloaded v live i downloaded weavers i didn't have a job at this point because i had quit my job because i had like a lot of health issues and i was like this is my time to be a fucking sloth in bed all day and so i think i got through all of run bts in about three weeks Mm. Which at that point was about 130 something episodes. So I was watching maybe like 10 episodes a day because they're kind of half an hour for the most part. Yeah. Like the first few are like 10 minutes. Right. They're very very short. And like the first very first trailer episode is like literally three minutes. Yeah. And so you know it was really easy to get through those first ones. And then then like as they went on, they started getting a little bit longer. Then they started doing like multi-part episodes. And all these things. So I was sucked in. And that's how you, again, that's how you get to feel like, you know, the members. Like when I was done with Brum BTS, I was like, okay, I know everything about their lives. I am definitely part of their family now. Like, <laughs> this is real. I'm not the Lulu. Like, you know, it just, it really does make you kind of just, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. Like they, they really know what they're doing. Because again, even though we know we're being marketed to, and I literally work in marketing, I still fall for this shit. Kind so of easy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very easy. And so at this point, I've watched all of Run BTS and all of uh, TXT's To Do. I started watching Going 17, but I leave it more for like flights and stuff like that. So I haven't gone anywhere in a while. So I haven't watched like the rest of the episodes. So I'm going to catch up with Going 17 at some point. But those are the shows that I've watched like the most of. And I've watched a few other episodes of a few other shows. If you're interested in my take on which are the top 10 best run BTS episodes. I wrote a blog about it, and you can find it in the link in the description below, wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast. But just be warned, a lot of my, like I said, top 10, but a lot of these are like four-parters. So really, there's a lot more than 10 episodes here, just so you know.
1: But guys, she's a connoisseur, so I believe it. Whatever she recommends,
0: I believe it. I mean, I took I took the time. I took the, <laughs> the time. amount of stuff you watched, honestly, connoisseur. Kind of and the amount of times that I watched it, because I wasn't a lot of it. It wasn't just a mm. one-time watch. Personally,
1: even though I was the one that got Cassie into <laughs> into the variety shows. I get tired of watching them. Like I get tired of literally everything in my life. And that's why I'm a multi because I cannot focus <laughs> this on one thing and right. one thing only. Right. So I just have to be on like a certain mindset to watch them. And like, I get actually like physically and emotionally tired because of the amount of like editing and amount of like reading that you have to do. Because not yeah. only do you have to read the like, captions or the subtitles, but also like what they're supposed to be doing. And then you have to read and also watch them. And so it just gets like overwhelming for me. So I just have to be in a certain mindset. And I haven't been in the mindset for a long time. Like I personally know that I miss a lot of jokes. But honestly, I don't think I need to know everything in order to consider myself a fan or like a super fan. Right. So I'm okay with it. Plus, plus in this day and age, You will eventually run into the good parts of the episode on TikTok, YouTube shorts and IG reels like you will eventually see them because people love to make little, little short videos and post them and repost them and do their own edits. So eventually, if it's not through (laughs) social media, Kathy will fill me in so.
0: And by eventually, I think you mean like same day. Cause at this point, I remember when, like, the last few episodes that when I was watching Run BTS in real time, like, if I didn't watch it on Tuesday at 8 a.m. when it came out, I was gonna be spoiled throughout the day because everybody posts right away. Like, all the good parts are posted right away on social media. So if you don't like to have the content spoiled, Not that there's, I mean, depending on the show and depending on what they're doing in that episode, because if it's like a mafia episode, you you will really get spoiled and you'll be pissed off. Sometimes it's not that serious, but still, like, I don't like, I actually don't like to consume it via social media, like, shorts. Mm -hmm. I like to watch the entire thing. I do get FOMO when I don't watch, like, a full episode. So in this sense, Laura and I are extremely different. Very different. And it just
1: works. So I think that's a great segue into what we would now consider... New wave variety shows because idol based or idol produced variety shows are part of the new wave variety shows. Mm -hmm. Basically, the new wave variety shows find a home in YouTube or on YouTube. Their running time really depends on the show. Sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, an hour and a half, 30 minutes. It just really depends on who's producing the show. Yeah. Since most millennials and MZ consume, consume, content on youtube that's kind of why we think there was that shift of putting a lot of effort into the youtube shows aside from like your normal na- uh, network and cable television programs mm-hmm. so some of the most notable programs and i be- I think every single K kpoppy out there has watched at least one episode or like all of them one of them is Young No Prepare, My Alcohol Diary. I don't watch the idle ones, but I think I've watched most of her episodes.
0: Yeah. They're yeah. So I, I think this is probably the most watched show mm-hmm. out of all of the ones in this list. Because Young is who Young is. Mm-hmm. She's the she's the one who makes the show good. <clears throat> and it the 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 fact that she was a fan and is a fan. i think that's what people really like that she's just she's one of us like it doesn't matter how famous she is how many shows she wins how talented she is on stage and all the things she is all of those things she's a queen she was born to perform and amazing but she was first and foremost a fan and so we just all kind of live our fantasies and our best lives vicariously through her and i think that's what makes the show successful plus alcohol really right and
1: because she is who she is she makes all of her guests feel comfortable
0: yeah
1: because she's already extravagant and so out of the box literally whatever the guests do will never be as much as what she does right so i think that uh, that becomes a big part of why all the guests come out feeling pretty comfortable and also alcohol. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> really it all comes down to alcohol 100 if not go watch the episode with hoshi in it. you'll see
1: oh my god she did <laughs> one episode with uh dk and joshua oh and like god. joshua like gives her a chocolate milk and like opens it up for her and puts yeah. it down and she's like you can't do this because if you do this in my head i'm already mar- marrying you and having grandkids like yeah. that's us
0: yeah, literally literally yeah and he like oh. immediately closes the milk and he's like okay stop right now <laughs> stop 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 it's so funny it's like the the whole like chaos ensues that many people wish that they could have on their shows and like claim to have on their shows Youngji actually makes it happen it's great it's freaking wonderful. and
1: sometimes they go on the show just to go on the show like there are no promotions oh there yeah. are no comebacks <laughs> it's just because they want to go and they request to appear and they're able to appear like literally that's it yeah. i remember young one from monster x just showed up because he
0: he could, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to. People it. wanted to see like his tolerance, and they were just like asking for him in the comments, and they made it happen, which was amazing. But there is one episode from Young g's No Prepare My Alcohol Diary that we very adamantly don't like, Dislike. which is gonna be like one of the most controversial opinions out there. And if you mm-hmm. do want to hear our controversial opinions one day, and we feel up to it, we might just do it. it won't happen, or it won't be said today. But if you mm-hmm. want to know, let us know. We might do it one day.
1: it's a fun (laughs) time. yeah (laughs) another show that has become recently super popular has been jonathan's k-star next door yeah it's basically idols going to a school
0: yeah it's a school setting yeah
1: it's just jonathan roasting them for like 20-30 minutes
0: yeah i'm convinced yeah sure sure he it's a very fun way for them to kind of take Pokes at at themselves. And and yeah, I have a, I don't think it's a controversial opinion about this show, but I, I definitely feel a type of way about it. I think this show is Korea's equivalent of I have a Black friend, so I can't be racist. 100%. So I think, I mean, Jonathan has a great personality. You know, he's from Congo. So I guess we should start by that. He he's a Congolese man, but his family lives in Guangzhou. Like, you know, everyone he's very much like acclimated to Korean culture and all those things. Uh, So he's a wonderful host. He's really funny. He's very young. Like, honestly, he does really well for how young he is. It's impressive that he's able to hold his ground with all these like idols and stuff. And he's such a great MC for such Mm -hmm. a young age. But I really do think that this show is just like Korea's whole thing of like, no, but look, we have a Black man on TV. We can't be racist. Very and, you know, whatever. It, it takes baby steps. And we are eventually going to see evolutions here. And Jonathan is a trendsetter in that regard. Right. And it's not,
1: it's not that they're making fun or making like racist comments it's just they're right, showing no. the one yeah black man literal. in south korean culture literal. that is literal
0: accepted pretty much yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. the, that, token, the token black yeah see token black man right, in general right, right. yeah agree yeah another show that we are big fans of except for again maybe one episode one of us <laughs> <One episode> in <laughs> particular yeah uh is Jin service so <laughs> Mujin is an incredible singer like mm-hmm. he has a very peculiar tone you can tell he's just like classically trained like his right. ear is a literal actual machine what comes out of his throat is literal like sounds from heaven like his voice drew genuinely I can't I cannot gas it up enough because it's just that beautiful Gorgeous. that good and that peculiar And he's really good at listening to other people and giving critique or feedback or, you know, specific notes on what he hears in their voices. So I really, really enjoy the show. I think Laura does as well. I Mm. think I've watched every episode of this show probably two or three times because I go back and watch them again because I forget what songs they sang or whatever the premise is. He calls it like a, a service because they do two to three songs. So the artist brings prepared two specific songs that they want to showcase their vocal talent with. Then there was also this thing at the beginning of the show where if they mentioned another song by name and they included the artist's name, they had to also sing that song. He doesn't do that as much anymore because he asks a lot of questions about songs. And if he did that, they would be singing the entire actual episode. And then at the end, they do a duet where he sings with them. And every time I'm just blown away. Like this is a show that I sent to my dad because my dad is a big fan of like musical shows and he watches like the voice in every country and every language (laughs) so I think like I was like dad I think you really would enjoy the show so I have sent him a couple of episodes and he's watching and he's like damn that guy's really good like you know again Mujin is Mujin is every dad's dream of like a son so he has that appeal of like every idol that goes there is like my dad loves you and he's like oh thanks uh, so yeah, so there's there's that, but there is one episode that I'm pissed about, and very also might save it for that uh, controversial, unpopular opinions one day if I get really drunk or something. And Laura is like, yeah, let's film it with like you know her. Let's start. Let's stir shit up. Attitude. I'm ready. Is. Yeah. I'm ready. I yeah. just need a little nudge, guys. Yeah. just
1: a little bit. I need so a big if nudge. If you're if you're <laughs> if you are interested in this let us know because honestly I'll make it happen yeah I'm so excited about dangerous dangerous (laughs) I think everyone's ready to hear these things but okay with Mujin another thing that I find kind of endearing about him is he's really awkward so his style of emceeing is very awkward (laughs) and it's he's there because he's talented as a singer not as an emcee
0: Right, but it's but, cute. It, but it plays into it. It helps. Yeah, For some yeah, reason, it yeah, helps. Yeah. The one of the funniest. I have watched the Jimin episode multiple times because yeah. it's so fucking funny. Like, there's a moment where Mujin's just staring at him, and he's like, "I want to call you opa," and then, and Jimin's like, "What the fuck?" And then at some point, he like actually does it. Like, he's just staring at him, and he's like, "Opa," and Jimin's like, "Oh, oh!" Like, it's so funny. His awkwardness really is Chef's kiss for this specific show. Cause it's one of those, like, you know, genius people that are not really like all that great with the social. Like it's that. It's it's exactly that. And it just works really well for the show.
1: One of our, I guess one of our favorite Korean MCs is JJ. Yeah. And she has her own show, MMTG. What it stands for, don't ask me, because I have no fucking clue. And I feel like her show is a little bit more close to the conventional Korean show you see on, like, TV. Sure. But she is so good at her job that it just creates a lot of really, really, really good moments. Yes. There's this one episode. She did multiple... She has done multiple episodes with Monsta X, but there's mm-hmm. this one episode with Monsta X where they were outside, because I think the pandemic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the panini, whatever. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And at one point, I am stands to do like a dance and he falls on his face and it is chef's kiss. It's
0: It's so so cringe. It's It's so so good. It's so
1: cringe. (laughs) He wanted to die. He wanted to jump off the building. Like he, he's supposed to be this really cool guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Then he falls. It was great. My favorite episode is the second episode that she did with TXT because At the beginning of the episode, she has a call with Bang PD and it's it's recorded on the show. And basically it was to say the first episode we recorded with them was really fucking boring because you guys (laughs) didn't let us do shit with them. So are you actually going to let us do our job this time? And he's like, yes. right, bro. I fucking died. That that goes back to what we were talking about, the company trying to control everything. Because, again, like BTS won't go on any variety shows at this point. They don't have to. But TXT does have to get their own right like street cred so they are going on these shows but hype and big hit are being just as protective sometimes with them and it's like mm, no it's not gonna work if you do the same thing and like no so that's my favorite well, what that's one of my favorite moments i think my favorite not have a favorite episode i have like a top five i couldn't rank them mm-hmm. but i really enjoyed the episode she did with girls generation last year during their comeback for forever one because she's again another one who like she's an actual fan and oh my god, she lived every fan fantasy in that episode that literally every fan of Girls Generation could have ever had. She lived those moments like, and she knows every song from every group. She knows the choreos. She is completely unafraid, unabashed. Like it's just, she's fucking wonderful. So she's, I couldn't imagine like a better host for that show. And at some point she gave us like a susto, like a scare that she was going to stop doing the show and like Mm going to move on to other things. But I think they just kind of, they're evolving the show to make it a little bit more long lasting because at some point the format gets tired, especially when idols are coming for the third and fourth time on the show. Mm -hmm. So like recently this past season, she did an episode with TXC for their last comeback and instead of doing like a regular episode with them she spent 24 hours with them doing their promotions the woman was exhausted and cranky like she's just like i'm not used to this shit and she was trying to film the challenges with them she the choreo it was so funny but like that was again another way that they are trying to just like spin things and she's definitely getting paid way more now which also is very deserved you go get your bag girl
1: and you can also tell she's more popular because she has stopped dyeing her hair, like, As hide, red. like like red, like like uh, Little Mermaid red, yeah, the yeah. cartoon version, yeah. Now she has a more like natural red color, which makes me think that she's more popular it doesn't need to like color her hair a crazy color for people to recognize who she is
0: right it's not a shtick anymore she doesn't need that as a mm. crutch so agreed fully. Nice. i miss the red though but i am happy for her that she doesn't oh, 100%. The fuck out 100% as much yeah you know we that's too the hard here. to maintain yeah Oof. exactly the next show that we want to talk about is suga's suchita which stands for getting drunk with sugar, kind of basically and that this show started last year he started out of nowhere did an episode with (laughs) rm fell off the face of the planet for a few weeks and then came back and was like oh i'm actually doing the show for real now and i really enjoy the show obviously as a struggle bias i can't speak in an unbiased way here i do think bias aside he does a really good job of talking to the musicians as a musician and mm. go gets to like the right questions that they will never be asked at another like regular variety show. Right. So it's kind of like talking about US media, varieties, actors and actors interview kind of thing. Right. So he is talking to them in terms that they understand and that they know. And I I think artists are really excited when they go to his show because they know that he acknowledges the work that they put into it. So right. I'm I've really enjoyed it. Even there was this one lady actress who went on his show who hasn't done a variety show in like 11 years and they decided to promote with him which is a huge honor and Suga has always been a good MC like from run mm-hmm. BTS days like we knew he could do MCing very well but it's not even limited to musicians he's done comedians he's done actors entertainers in general and He's had multiple guests, just one guest, and the premise of the episode is to drink. But he's had a couple of guests, or at least one, that wasn't drinking, so yeah. it's also not a requirement. So they, you know, they talk over food and drinks, yeah, and it's just really well done. I think it's yeah. it's a really good format. The purpose is not to get drunk, like it
1: is with Yonji's show. Right. It's more to just the guest brings their favorite drink and they start with that and food that goes with whatever drink they bought yeah I do have to agree that he's a pretty good interviewer Mm. he can ask the questions and creates like a nice flow in the conversation and you don't see that many annoying cuts which means to me that he does a pretty good job of keeping the flow so
0: yeah I do think that he's mentioned a couple of times that he records for about two hours and the episodes come out to be around 30 minutes so there is obviously a lot more that is recorded right. than what comes out. But even with that, at least credit to the editors, it's edited yeah. really well. And it seems like it's a very easy going, flowing conversation. So yeah. I've got that money. If you got it, use flaunt
1: it. it. Another idol who has had their own variety show or who started their own variety show is Bam Bam from Got Seven with mm-hmm. Bam's House. I didn't I I like his show. He has a really good personality for entertainment. Yeah. And I think he is able to ask the questions and relate to his guests in like the idol level because yeah. usually they're both idols. Yeah. So it's 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 a nice dynamic that you see. Recently I watched the episode that came out with 10 and the other one that came out with Jesse and it was completely different. Completely different vibes, but Bam Bam did such a good job of making it entertaining, even though both guests had completely different like attitudes and ways of going about the interview.
0: I think it's just one of those things where there's just people who are born a certain way and with certain talents and skills and things just either look good on them or they don't. And with Bam Bam, he can get away with asking specific questions that don't make people feel uncomfortable or that can be seen as funny instead of intrusive. So I think that's kind of the magic of the show, plus the fact that he does it in his own house. The first season was around, like, beer, a beer that he was making that he was having everyone try. And the second season, he's making Somtam, which is a papaya-based dessert that is very uh, spicy and is from Thailand. And that's, like, the only thing that he says he knows how to cook. So that's what he makes for every guest. And at the end of the show, he makes them review it and leave, like, a certain amount of stars or whatever. So. I have watched a lot of the episodes. Pretty much, like if I know the person that he's interviewing, I have watched it. So he yeah. did Ki, he did Hwasa as the first guest of the season. He did Yeonjun, which was funny because he's done every interview like on the couch or on the floor. But when he did Yeonjun, he went to the table. So I think again, Hybe is fucking around with like what people can do on their shows. Yeah. And it was like a little bit more formal than the rest of them. But I think it was. It was. I think it was like important to me. As like with my bias and my almost bias or bias record in GOT7 that they would get along and like I need Yeonjun to like get out of the hype, you know, control machines.
1: But even though it was more control than the other idols, I think he was still able to get some deep conversations out of Yeonjun without sticking to the same like cookie cutter questions. I agree. Uh, there came like a little bit of a controversial point during the interview because uh they started talking about the difference in treatments of boy groups and girl groups. And he was just talking about his own experience and how he felt. But yeah. people just blew it up for no reason because that's what people do. Well you but know I thought sense. well yeah <laughs> and I just thought it was I thought it was nice to hear the perspective of an idol and how they view things and not just from like a magazine or a K-poppy like us. Yeah. So I thought it was, even though it was a little bit more
0: strict, like a little more boxy. Yeah. If he was still able to get a good episode out of it. I agree. I agree. And I do think that they probably became like friendly after like, you know, texting and things were better, you know, they can hang out another day.
1: And the Jesse interview, there was a point where they started talking about artificial insemination and it was so endearing to me because it, it, Bam Bam came out looking a little ignorant, but (laughs) like in a super endearing, yeah, in a super endearing way. And it's just, it amazed me that they didn't edit it out they kept it because yeah. that's just who he is. And that's what he knew. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a teaching moment from Jesse to Bam Bam. Yeah. And it was it was cute that they kept it because they could have definitely edited it out and nobody would have been the wiser. So,
0: yeah. And I guess that's a good segue to go into the, uh, the next show that we're covering, which is mm-hmm. Jesse's show review. So the funny thing about her appearing on Bam Bam show is that the moment that the woman walked in, she took the reins and that interview was not ran by mm-hmm. Bam Bam. That episode was run mm-hmm. by Jesse, and it's because she has experience running a show. And so Jesse show yes. review was a show that ran from around, like, 2020 to 2021, 2022? I don't remember at this point when it ended. Like, yeah, Probably, because yeah. it was it did 80 episodes, so it was yeah. for around two years. So... This was a show that started because of the Panini. Jesse really couldn't do a lot of like artistic work during that time. So Sai put her in like literally every entertaining show, Korean variety show that he could find. And he got her to host Show Review. For us, who came in probably around like the halfway point of that show, we thought it was hers. And then we really fell in love with the show, her irreverence, is legendary in Korea they're not Amazing. used to a personality like hers here in the U.S. she'd have a little bit of a harder time standing out because yeah. there's a plenty of loud mouths and mm. irreverent people to go around yeah and Jessie you know she really kind of got to Korea at the right time and I think yeah. she's shaping a lot of the conversation around female empowerment and you know self-love and body positivity and being real and saying things as they should be said and not being so polite and quiet you know she really I think is making an impact there but then she was kind of done with the entertainment circle and she wanted to focus on her artistry so she left shoulder or I guess she went on hiatus and then the show decided to keep going without her and then they put in Sunmi in her place Sunmi is someone else who is seen as an irreverent person in South Korea, but not even like a tenth of the way that Jesse is irreverent. So I didn't stick around to watch Shoulder View with Sunmi. I think I tried watching a couple of episodes when like 80s was on or something, but I wasn't as entertained. And so I really do think Shoulder View producers dropped the ball big time with letting Jesse go. Cause I think, and a lot of fans in the comments, once she left, Where like we thought this was Jesse's show. We thought this was made by her, for her, with her, and you couldn't do it without her. So then the viewership numbers on Show Review have dropped dramatically since Jesse left.
1: Because it I think with the change in MCs, it became a more Korean show in a Mm -hmm. sense, more Korean culture. Yeah. So if you're an international fan, you don't really relate to it so much so i think that's why all the views drop because a lot of jesse's fans are international correct so that's kind of where that show is going and and the questions that she was asking and the way that the flow of the program was
0: was very international not very korean at all and she got the opportunity to interview emma stone when she was promoting Corella. Which was another like huge big moment for Jesse, which is something that Sami just wouldn't have been able to do, no matter how right. you know good at English in general she is. It's just not the same. Right. And in this
1: show also, artists, idols, actors came on it sometimes without needing to yeah. really show anything. They just wanted to come because yeah. they wanted to be interviewed by Jesse. Yeah. I remember when who was it? kim Johan from way uh went on he he didn't have anything to show like there was no (laughs) comeback he had had like he had nothing going on and he just showed up because he he wanted to and she wanted to and
0: yeah and and jesse also flirted a lot with a lot of the people who went on her show Uh, iconic and it was so fun and just like it's so refreshing like it really is it was such a refreshing show i i miss jesse shoulder view a lot like a lot like a lot like a lot
1: There was this one episode that she did uh, with these three actors that were promoting a movie. Mm. And there was one actor that she was like, oh, oh, slobbering. Oh, she asked them all if they were married uh, in a relationship. And I think it was the only one that said, oh, no, I'm single. And she's like, (laughs) let
0: me get at it. Shoot my shot. Twenty twenty
1: two. Let's go. You know, if nothing happened,
0: I'd be really surprised. Honestly, yeah, I hope it did for her and for him both, because they were hot oh, together. Yeah. Lovely. Beautiful. From Jesse's shoulder view, which again is no longer on air, sadly. We move on to Uncha's Star Diary. So ancha is a magnet of Le Seraphim. She's my daughter. I gave birth to her. You can look up the paperwork. It's a joke. And she is so freaking cute and so talented and so perfect. But then she started the show. I don't know why. in her journey as a music bank host she said you know like the the premise of the show the way that they sold it is like she wanted to meet more people and make more friends in the idol industry we know of course this is a ploy from the channel to just get more views and get more content in their in their building as as idols spend countless hours in the green room let's make money out of this moment that's really what it is so Encha has done at this point, I think she's around like 20 episodes in or maybe yeah, a little 20, bit more. Mm-hmm. The first episode <gasps> was so painful to watch. Iconic. It, was, oh, it was so good. The pain, the cringe, the, the awkwardness. Oh I, I don't think I've recovered, <laughs> but I'm very proud of her for getting better and, you know, learning and stuff. But her and Kai, girl. I watched
1: her episode with Kai and with the boys mm. more than once. <laughs> the awkwardness you can cut it with a knife, and yeah. it was delicious. Like it was everything I wanted and more. She's so
0: cute that She's even adorable. when it's like disgustingly awkward, I, I she, it's just so cute. Yeah. And there was another episode recent, more recently than the Kai one, because I think when Kai went, he was promoting Rover, of course. And then EXO went when they were promoting oh, Cream Soda and all so the other cute. songs that came out now with Exist. And that was Baekhyun and Schumann and Tanyo. Mm-hmm. And they were really good about like accommodating her and her shyness and whatever. But like from the beginning, they were like, Schumann, she's literally half your age. And like just roasting the shit out of him for being an older member.
1: His face when they said that, like, yeah, he didn't believe their math that they did. Yeah, so you could tell he was doing the math, and as soon as like it clicked that she was actually half his age, yeah, his face went from like calculating to oh fuck, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. yeah, very that. And
1: at that moment, I also realized
0: that she's. Not my age. <laughs> <laughs> the human is a ninety. 90- well, 90- I was a, I was a young mother. I was a young mother, so you know.
1: And it hit me it hit me hard. Like I know she's younger, but like when they put it that way, it was
0: like. Oh, All right. That was so funny. Yeah. So yeah. So it's really, really, really cute. She's interviewed a lot of different idols whenever they have passed through. I think the most comfortable interviews, obviously, are the ones with Hive Idols that she's yeah. crossed paths with in the building a little bit more. She did a couple of episodes with La Seraphim members, so obviously those were, you know, very easy yeah. episodes to shoot and she's interviewed some of her friends so that's also been fun to watch but it's just really cute like the whole premise of it's like a little picnic indoors with like a blanket and little uh, stuffed toys to cover them and their skirts and their little skimpy skirts that they wear in k-pop even though they have like six shorts under the skirts and so yeah it's a really cute show and i'm happy that it's happening i don't know what will happen when she's no longer host of music bank but you know whatever in the meantime i'm glad the network is doing something with her and Exploiting her potential. She's so cute. Literally. I know. I know. My cute little daughter. And she's so good too. And like learning the dances and doing them. Like, she's perfect. She's like the perfect K-Poppy churned idol. So love that for her. Gorgeous.
1: Like when she becomes an adult. She's a doll like because you know how like people's faces change a little bit as like mm-hmm. we grow um after a certain age it's not good <laughs> but like <laughs> when you go from teenager to like 20 something a face changes for like women yeah. and like it
0: just does like this thing Ugh. she's so like, cute yeah she's gonna be even more stunning than she already is because she's mm-hmm. a actual little porcelain doll it's true so from her star diary we also wanted to talk about Monster X because last year we did an episode on Starship <laughs> where we roasted the fuck out of Starship for not doing content for Monster X. And then the Monster X members, at least five out of six, renewed their contracts with Starship, which it's they're too good for Starship, really. But whatever, let's let's just be happy that Fine. they're still together and that they didn't disband and that they're still you know going forward. But I do believe genuinely. That part of the like things that the members asked for in order to sign with them again was to do variety content because they know Mm -hmm. that that's a really important part of the fan experience and that if they're not in front of fans' faces, they can't get fans. Forgotten. Correct. So it took a little bit, but they started a couple of shows actually. Look at Starship getting their shit together with multiple things. So first, they started with Momoko. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm so sorry. But, like, the members named it themselves. I watched every single episode of the show. It is so unhinged. It is so little produced. (laughs) There's been episodes where, like, the producers are heard saying, like, this is all we planned for the episode. And, like, the members are literally going just off of their wit and like their relationship and Shona was in the military still when the show started so when he joined halfway through he's like but where's the script and the producer's like what script (laughs) so you know I don't want to give Starship too much credit because again the production is not all there but with that or without that the show is still highly entertaining and that's like just exclusively to the credit of the members of Monsta X. They did the show as long as they could until Min Kihyun, Ki Hyun, and now Hyungwon are all enlisting. So they weren't able to do any more episodes. But like when I watched the last episode, I didn't know it was the last episode and I was <laughs> heartbroken. I still haven't gotten over it, girl. It hurt my heart. But again, Starship got their shit together and they were like, okay, we don't have all of them anymore. But they did launch the subunit of Shonu and Hyungwon. So, they did a little cute travel show with them where they had a few guests and stuff like that. And then they did another show with Just Young One, which is called Che Shi Pyol Yugi, which means Mr. Che the Castaway or something like that. And it's just him so traveling cute. throughout Korea. The first episode, he's like, Well, in order to go forward and like know who you are, you need to know your roots. So, he went to visit his uncle and Aunt that live in like a very small island that he hasn't seen in 20 years. He hasn't been there in 20 years. He hadn't seen them in 20 years. Like this was a clash. And this man like shows up after buying some clothes and some random little like rest area shop somewhere that's that like the vet the, the salesman picked for him. This this like uh camel situation that did not match at all what he was wearing. It was so adorable. And he's just, you know, talking to his uncle and his aunt. And it was just really cute to see him like going back on his roots. And then he had Zhong Han because Zhong Han from seventeen is obviously obsessed with Hyung Obviously. Like <laughs> painfully, ridiculously, like it's so funny, so cute. And then Jonghan, if you've seen Going 17 or any content with like more fi- more than five minutes of Jonghan just not being scripted, you know, he's chaotic and unhinged. So because of him, uh, hyungwon ended up going bungee jumping, which is funny because most idols did their bungee jumping at the beginning of their careers right, as like a right. way to like get people's attention. Yeah. But with Monster X, he wasn't the one that had to do the bungee jumping at the beginning. So he had never done it. And he's a scaredy cat. But with Jonghan, he ended up going bungee jumping because they went to this park and they had other activities like a sling or whatever, but it had like rained or something had happened. They're like, the only thing that's open is a bungee jump. And it was so funny. Like the show is very unscripted. You can tell. You can see just like the production behind the scene. This is actually not produced by Starship. It's produced by another Mm -hmm. company called Him. And I can appreciate what they're doing because they 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 do have their shit kind of together i think they're still kind of relying on hyungwon too much because he's just the talent like he's just okay. supposed to like show up but like they're relying on the concepts the guests and everything like with him, which i i mean the guests also i like because obviously he wants to right. be comfortable with the person that he's talking to but you know the episode with Subin was amazing so the episode cute with they had an episode where he just like hung out with a producer and went to see like the sunrise and they went to eat like clams by the beach and then they were trying to do annoying things on purpose or things that annoyed him it's like a trend so that he, he they had seen like how to make a heart in the sand to put your phone in and then take a picture of you like so the heart shows it's so stupid like honestly like some really pointless stuff he had a beautiful episode with sanha from astro which like gave me all the comfort that i needed this year after everything astro has been through and sanha specifically we've been worried sick about him and yeah. just seeing him be okay with a young of his you know young one in the show and they called chan nu during the show too so like we got even that like it's just really good. It's really good, raw, organic, natural material. He did an episode with uh, E. Don't Walk, the actor, mm-hmm. recently, because I think they're under the same company. I don't know if he's with Starship or what, but they kind of talk I like they were. Is. So that was a really, really funny episode for anyone who's like into K dramas and likes E. Don't Walk. Like, it's. He
1: has a good personality. Like it he's was funny very without funny. trying.
0: It was very funny. I was surprised actually how close they were because I thought Hyungwon was gonna be way more awkward with him, but it wasn't awkward at all. I mean, like it was, but it wasn't. It was hard to explain.
1: I think Hyungwon just has that personality where he looks like he's very shy and awkward, but once he like Let's opens go. up just a little bit, yeah, he's perfect. Like with Youngji, it was they had never really met each other, and yeah. it was one of the better episodes. So, yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah. And his episode with Subin too, like they hadn't really talked like much outside of whatever interactions they might have had in uh, TV stations. So yeah, I think (gasps) they definitely like kept each other's numbers. And there was a whole thing about how he saved Subin's number in his phone. And so they're very similar. So it's like hard for similar people to become friends. But I do think that they did. They had a really, really heartwarming, touching conversation about what being an idol is like and those burdens. So. So. Does
1: that mean that Hyungwon chose Soobin?
0: Yeah. Uh, is
1: that his TXT bias? Because my I guy, so. I feel
0: you. I they, feel you. They talk the entire time about how like oh, people so on both camps so have told them that they're so similar. And so like, that's kind of where the that started. And that's it was, cute. the whole episode was cute. There's just like all these things that happened, like the when they went to buy the tickets to the, well, first of all, they were going to this park this one day because it was the only day that it was forecasted that it wasn't going to rain it rained mm. and then they show up and then they're buying the tickets and again that's what i'm saying like the production is very like bootleg in some ways because like <laughs> they're showing them buying the tickets and then the, the ticket lady is like if you buy with this bank card you get a coupon and soo like i have that card and he <laughs> was like no we have like a, a card from the show that the show is paying and soo like no we're gonna get the discount so it's really funny <laughs> to see like idols being frugal and stuff like that but this is where the bootlegness of the production actually plays into having really good moments in the show so anyway there's so much content to watch for monster x while they're gone to the military now so please watch it so that they can get a lot of ad revenue and when they come back they can have a lot of money for their next comeback please
1: and then also aside from the shows that we've been talking about recently again not that recently since maybe the 2020. Spotify and Netflix have also joined the variety show game. Mm. So obviously Netflix is based on new K dramas that they want to promote and Spotify is based on idols who are having a comeback and it's just like games and they win things. It's very cute. Obviously they have a shit ton of money to make and produce it well. Yeah. And it 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 helps with
0: Promoting whatever drama or or artist that is having a comeback. It's a I've very watched. good strategy. Like the, yeah. they promote the comeback, and then they make sure that people are listening on Spotify because right. Melon is such a big platform in Korea. <clears throat> so they're trying right. to grow, and I think it's working for them yeah. really well.
1: Yeah, I've seen a couple of the videos for some of the later or latest comebacks, mm-hmm. um, and they're pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And that kind of segues into, I guess, the difference between Korea and the US in terms of variety shows mm-hmm. and how they're used. Yeah. Because I, so for the US, late night TV, I don't think would be considered a variety show because I think late night TV is considered like the genre. Mm-hmm. But it is. T- but it is like a variety show
0: technically very technically yeah
1: yeah because
0: i think there were variety shows at some point and a couple of years ago maya rudolph tried to do a variety show like how they used to do back in like the 80s but it never picked up it didn't Mm -hmm. it didn't like pick up steam so the u.s obviously has its own like palette of of flavors and tastes and things that they like And late night TV is king when it comes to entertainment. Now that Oprah and Dr. Phil are no longer on air in the afternoons. Even though late night
1: TV has seen a decline um, in viewership and in interest from like the public in general. Yeah. It's still there though. It's kind of like daytime TV. It's just new shows and new hosts have appeared. Yeah. Especially for daytime TV. For late night, it's still kind of the same.
0: And they're capitalizing on digital consumption as well because they, they put all their clips on YouTube as soon as they air on, in right. real time. And this, they announced just this week or last week that now after Colbert, there's going to be a new show hosted by Taylor Tomlinson that is going to be like the new woman in late night. So, you know, mm. there's you can see that they're trying to evolve and cater to more people. And it, so it's not all white men right. across the board.
1: And one of the ways that they tried to cater to this new wave or this new generation was including some of those like game, game shows or game segments mm-hmm. into the show. Jimmy Fallon and James Corden were the ones that really like leaned in, leaned into this. But for the most part, they have kind of like died people's attention was there for a little bit and then bye.
0: Yeah, it depends. I mean, Cordens out of air already at this right. point, but we know segments like Carpool Karaoke and the Crosswalk Broadway Show situation right. where like one of the most popular segments and I think all of these shows the first idols that came on were BTS for most all of them. Right. Jimmy Fallon really capitalized on BTS during the Panini in 2020 he had a whole week Uh, worth of shows with appearances of them performing at at different venues in south korea so yeah they they definitely have tried to insert the k-pop narrative into late night and stuff and i'm sure there's a bunch of late night watchers that are like who the fuck are these people yeah and so but that's been their entry point to american tv right in a way it's been late night it's been some of the morning shows like good morning america mm-hmm. uh some of the daytime tv like kelly clarkson show she had on like twice she had eric nam on recently so you can definitely tell that they are seeing the potential for capitalizing on engagement and capturing gen z like that's obviously the goal
1: even Despierta América had NCT at one point.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. How? They Why? They came in 2019, apparently. But we I Yeah, they were there dancing. Whatever, whatever genre they were thinking that they were dancing is what they were dancing. <laughs> They're <were> so cute. <laughs> they I are adorable. <laughs> yeah.
1: But as with Korean entertainment, I think the reigning variety shows or the reigning, let's call it comeback, mm. <laughs> no, no, promotional shows for like TVs and. Uh, musical artists that have really reigned king in the last couple of months, years have been on YouTube. Yeah, one of them is Hot Ones, the one yeah. where they eat really spicy chicken wings and yeah. talk about whatever it is that they're promoting. Aside yeah. from like their lives and stuff. Yeah. Um, and recently another chicken-related <laughs> show has also become super popular, <laughs> which is Chicken Shop Date. Where it's, again, artists coming to promote drops, movies, all that kind of stuff. But oh, it's I'm cool checking.
0: because both both shows have like new and innovative formats. Like I think people have gotten oh. tired of the regular press junkets that artists yeah. used to do back in the day. And now that there's no TRL and that MTV does not actually play music in their television. Right. It's kind of like the only way that they can have any sort of content here. For, for their promotional stuff. So right. yeah, I, YouTube is king at the end of the day with all of the content because whether it's done for TV or not, it ends up on YouTube and it ends right. up on TikTok and it ends up being consumed digitally, especially by the majority of the Gen Z fans and millennials too, yeah. I would say.
1: Yeah, we tend to have a short attention span. So when things are put into a small package and that is easy to consume, we fall Go hard for it yeah it just so. makes sense it really does it really really does so i guess with that
0: we're done yeah thank you thank guys you so for much. listening <laughs> <laughs> we
1: had a great time
0: Yeah. and don't forget to check out kathy's blog <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to know what i think the top 10 bts run bts episodes are definitely Take a look, and I'm sorry that they're not just 10 episodes because
1: no, you're blessing people with good content. Don't it's be not sorry. my fault
0: that they did four-parters mm-hmm. and two-parters and three-parters. Like it's one episode in my head because they recorded it in one day, so not my fault. Yeah, definitely good. enjoy and let us know how you feel about Korean TV shows and Korean mm-hmm. variety shows if you got sucked in just as we did. Because for me, now watching Western TV is a very different experience, and I find it kind of boring so korean tv definitely got me good girl so Ooh. let us know if you too
1: and if you want that episode with our very unpopular opinions let us know i am all ears <laughs> i am here to help our dreams come true
0: <laughs> or to get us canceled whatever happens first <laughs> we <We'll see. laughs> thank you guys for listening and uh, see you all next week Thank you. Bye. bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mia Two K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead, so please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars.
1: And for the real time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at Mia Two K podcast. Dale, bye.